0: Welcome to Rink Wrap, the Bruins podcast with your host, Mick Colaggio. Mick has been covering the Bruins since the Boston Garden days and has the guests and the insights on the hockey world from the local to the NHL. So drop what you're doing, drop the puck, and listen in on Rink Wrap with Mick Colaggio. <laughs> Welcome to Rink Wrap the Podcast, Episode 13, coming to you from the Standard Times in New Bedford, Mass. I'm your host, Mick Colagio. I write hockey stories when I'm not otherwise occupied for the ST and affiliated weeklies. And you can read my Bruins thoughts on my Rink Wrap blog. The site is slash Bruins. Rink Wrap the Podcast can be found at that's omny.fm. That's O M N Y.fm on Google Play, and on iTunes. And we link to RinkWrap in our online presentation of Bruins stories at southcoasttoday.com. Today we've got a couple of topics to discuss and a recorded interview with Jake DeBrusque from the morning skate uh, as the Bruins prepared for their February 1st home game against the St. Louis Blues. On to today's discussions: Great win for the Bruins against St. Louis on Thursday at TD Garden. The Blues presented a second straight home game against a heavy opponent from the Western conference that plays the kind of hockey only regularly rivaled in the east by the Washington Capitals and sometimes the Columbus Blue Jackets. Personnel-wise, the Bruins are a little more like their pre-heavy selves from the earlier Claude Julien years. They've got the most team speed they've ever had and are learning as we go how much compete level it's going to take to hang with the schoolyard bullies. These are not great matchups for the Bruins in a seven-game series, and even though the Toronto Maple Leafs gave them problems in their early season matchups, the Bruins will welcome a return to a skating opponent. Uh, Second point, Zdeno Chara, the captain, is tuned in to what's going on with the Bruins and how opponents are trying to intimidate. Chara got riled up on Ryan Getzlaff, and the Ducks captain slashed the Bruins captain after he landed a big hit in response to the late hit that Nick Ritchie had put on David Backus. Here's one I want to get into today. Goaltender Interference. As you, you you know, the point we're going to talk about here is from the Blues game and the David Krejci goal with Jake DeBrusk and Ryan Spooner uh, knocking Jake Allen right out of the goal crease. There probably was not a single soul inside TD Garden last night that was expecting that goal to stand. Although I will give Andy Brickley, Nessun uh, Bruins color analyst, this much credit. He did make one comment that... The goaltender is usually the measuring stick of the story. And right now, uh, Jake Allen's body language is saying, uh, Oh, okay. I thought we were going to get that one. I guess we won't. Well, he turns out right on that count. But uh, the current NHL season, as is often the case, began with an emphasis on another penalty, a hooking penalty, as enforced according to a strict standard. If your stick is in the puck carrier's hands, it's a penalty. Doesn't matter if you actually hooked him. Remember when it was all about protecting the goaltender? It's now 20 years after Harry Sinden incurred a serious fine for words spoken in the aftermath of his team's six-game ouster at the hands of the finals-bound Caps. The series was tied at a game apiece when P.J. Axelson lifted the apparent game-winner Oliver Olaf Kolzig in overtime of Game 3 at the Fleet Center. But the front tip of linemate Tim Taylor's skate blade was touching the edge of the goal crease, and the winner was called back. Washington won Game 3, and then Game 4. Only a big effort by the Bruins extended the opening round series to a sixth game and set the stage for Brian Bellow's overtime series winning goal. Now the refs are looking the other way. Not only were the Bruins surprised at Krejci's streak-breaking goal, it was the first time in nine games that the Bruins had scored first, that it stood against Blues coach Mike Yeo's challenge, the outcome of the goalie interference challenge in Boston was outdone the same night by the game in Winnipeg where Vegas Golden Knights forward James Neal swung his stick and broke it on goaltender Connor Hellebuck's mask. When the announcement came from the ref on the ice, we got a goal. It occurred to me that this could be one of those league directives, for instance. Based on the attacking team would have scored anyway. That's the explanation of the Krejci goal. He wouldn't have had it. He wouldn't have gotten back to make the save. So we're not no harm, no foul. But if so, and you see what happens with Neil smashing his own hockey stick into two pieces on Hellebuck's mask. Paul Maurice could not believe it. He was beside himself. That's worse than what happened in the Bruins game. If so, it's only a matter of time before we once again see forwards quote-unquote falling on goaltenders. It's open season. The Bruins who crashed the net were Jake DeBrusque and Ryan Spooner. Rink wrap caught up to DeBrusque following the morning skate before this game to talk about his development in his first full NHL season. We discussed it at Warrior Arena in Brighton. We're, you know,
1: we're, playing, we're playing pretty quickly, and um, we're playing against similar teams in Anaheim. So um, I think that's one of those things where it's not necessarily a focus of ours. Now it's just it's a focus of ours to get back in the one call and obviously clean up some things that, um, you know, had to uh, lose that game. So, uh, like I said earlier, I think the starts are big, and, and I think we just got to stick with our game plan and, um, and play a good, soft stingy game, and uh, see how good it's
0: going. Thanks, One more, now that you've played this big of a chunk of an NHL season next to this guy, um, I'm assuming he's pretty rare bird and it's not the kind of player that most players play with coming up. Not just his level of skill, but the way he does it. It's a little different, and there's got to be an adjustment period, especially for a guy like you who's like so much about the, the dart and, and to open spaces and speed. And, you know. Pouncing on the game when you see something and what's that been like of just figuring all of that out with him And, and how to be a good winner for him.
1: Yeah, well, I think that um, I've been with him since training camp and uh, <coughs> like you said, there's a little bit of adjustment there because um, You know, I am kind of a north-south player and at the same time uh, I think I can make plays as well. So the good thing about him is I'm getting better at reading what he's at uh, know kind of thinking out there and what he wants to accomplish so I think with the more games and obviously like you said it's been a big chunk I think that the biggest thing that I try to do is just read off of him and um, you know I think that like you said he kind of he's different than everyone else in the ice he kind of slows the game down there's not very many players in the game that can do that and that's a credit to him and um, but at the same time, I try to use my speed to you know drive guys wide, or um, you know once he kind of gets over the you know the blue line, give him some space by taking the D man back, or I'm trying to figure out ways that I can use my speed even when I don't have the puck, or even when it's not coming to open up lanes for other guys because he can find them, and um, I think that. There's some times are we're a bit out of source, but then other times we're on the same page and it's lots of fun to play with. So It's just still still one of those things where I'm trying to read it on the play-by-play basis, but at the same time, it's been a lot of fun playing with them and uh, I'm trying to do everything I can to stay with them.
0: Um, first NHL season, so much adrenaline involved with that. So Even though you've been through the pro season last year and even though you've been through junior seasons, and with long schedules, there's something about the NHL season that has to be a little bit, now that you're kind of like at this point, and you're kind of getting into that Rocky in the 10th round kind of a thing, yeah. and and, um, it doesn't seem like it's taken away your energy, it seems to me like even though production comes and goes, you still seem to have game right now, and how's that been for you, getting through it physically?
1: Yeah, well, like you said, um, in junior, we played 72, and then last year was my first year pro, and um, I think a trend in my game is I actually usually have slow starts. I usually don't start very well. Um, something that I try to focus on every year coming in, and I started okay this year. We kind of had some ups and downs, like you said. And obviously, just learning the league—it's the best league in the world. And um, you know, there's always one thing that you can control in this year—you know, hard work and energy. And um, you know, I'm happy to be here and I want to be here every day. So I think it's one of those things where. Then I also want to play a crutch. So it's one of those things that those are my kind of focuses going into the game. Is know bring your speed bring your energy and you're not going to have it every night sometimes you don't have your legs sometimes you don't have your hands it's you can have your effort you can have your efforts so I think that um, there's still some times where uh, I find when I'm playing really well is when um, I'm on my game and I'm giving those second efforts and kind of going to those hard areas that uh, are not too fun to play in but at the same time it's going to give me success and line success so I know that um, I think it's just more so fact of second half I, I usually have better second halves and um, it's not that it's not grueling or it's not that, you know, it's all roses. There's just some big guys out there that hit you, cross-check you, and don't get the ice packs out. But at the same time, I think it's just getting used to the league and getting used to the pace and getting used to the um, the way the games are played. And we haven't played St. Louis this year, so it's a new challenge for us. But at the same time, um, just going throughout these last couple of games and the stretch, it's been, just like you said, just the effort. I think that it's something you can always control, and I think that everyone here gives it their all. And, um, you know, usually when I have my legs, it's pretty noticeable when I'm giving the effort. So.
0: Yeah, because it's like you get like these second effort goals, kind of like these things where the goalie, defenseman, they said, oh, we got that one. Well, no, you didn't. You know, because then there's this second effort that comes back, like a relentless sort of a thing. And it seems to be like the league has a lot of that around the whole league because of the energy burst of the season. Yeah. And then you get it again in the beginning of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like it's an important part of your game.
1: Oh, for sure. It's, yeah. it's the biggest... Biggest you know factor I guess is when I have that uh, the jump when I have the jump in a game um, you know sometimes I try to prepare for it every, the same way every time but when I have my legs and my jump I'm kind of all around the ice I'm I'm around the puck and uh, good things happen so I'm just trying to find that balance of um, doing that and at the same time you know playing well with my linemates, using everybody and um, you know trying to get those second effort goals I wouldn't mind one second effort tonight and uh, be nice and kind of on cue so um, I think it's one of those things that. Um, it's just kind of hungry around the net and get some shots. I think the games uh, I struggle a bitter bit when I'm not going to the inside and um, the games I'm doing well I'm challenging the inside even if I don't have the clock Even with the, the interference
0: there. rules, some teams are really great at making it hard yeah. oh, on yeah. speed guys yeah. from getting sure. to good places For sure, and that, uh,
1: you see that with teams that we're going to play like tonight that have really good defensemen a big mm-hmm. defensemen, they, they only get there easy and that's their job, so we got to you know, it might seem like it's a you know normal battle in front, but it's uh, it's a lot harder when you're going up against guys that are you know five plus years you know older than you, all stars or depending on who, right? So, I mean, it's one of those things that I just try to get to those dirty areas and, um, like I said, open up some space for other guys and still try to make plays.
0: Thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate Thank it. You. When it comes to figuring out how to translate his natural assets to the NHL and learning how to be useful on an NHL rink when he's not putting up goals and assists, Dabrowski has shot ahead of every other Bruins first-rounder not named Charlie McAvoy. The win streak started by the Bruins against St. Louis on Thursday is far less likely to grow into another unbeaten streak to challenge the all-timers like the one they just came off of. But this four-week stretch that leads to the February 26th trade deadline is more fascinating in one manner – It asked the Bruins to figure out how to win in a variety of challenges, be it the heavy schedule, the heavy opponent, the ailments, the suspensions, things that have kept Charlie McAvoy out of the lineup, Brad Marchand, other injuries, guys in and out. This is the time where the Bruins will really figure out, against the heavyweights of the league, what they are and what Don Sweeney should do about it come February 26th when there'll be an opportunity to add to this roster. That's it for this edition of Rink Wrap. Look for this podcast on Google Play, iTunes, and at southcoasttoday.com. Read Rink Wrap at blogs.southcoasttoday.com Bruins, and follow on Twitter at Mick Collagio. So long, and happy hockey, everyone.